Welcome to the Kingdom Culture Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this spirit-filled message that it blesses your week and brings you joy and perspective. To connect with us, hop on social media and for more information, head to kingdomculturechurch.com.au. Uh, welcome to Vision Sunday. I, I just love Vision Sunday. I like this sort of morning or, and the whole day, actually. I just know it's going to be the same, where it just gets a little bit crazy. We just start clapping anything that moves and breathes. Anything that smiles or looks a bit alive will clap and uh, get it going even more. Um, so Vision Sunday is where I get the opportunity to present to you what I believe God has in store for us as a church this year. And that for me is an honour, it's a privilege, it's exciting, Um, and it's such a blessing to have, see so many smiling people here this morning. You're incredible. It's okay if I share a story first. Good, you you edged me on, so. So an Amish boy, you know what Amish are? Yeah. Yeah. So an Amish boy, I'm doing a croak to Taylor Johns, aren't I? Okay, I'll try not to do that too often. An Amish boy and his father were visiting a shopping mall for the first time. They were amazed by almost everything that they saw, but especially the two shiny silver doors that could move apart and back together again. So the boy asked his father, what is this father? And the father, never having seen a lift before, responded, son, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I I don't know what it is. So... While the boy and his father were watching, wide-eyed, an old lady with a Zimmer frame inched towards the moving doors, pressed the button, the doors opened, and the lady moved between them into a small room. The doors closed, and the boy and his father watched with wonder as small circles of lights with numbers above the doors lit up. They continued to watch in amazement as the circles then lit up in reverse direction. The shiny silver doors opened again and a staggeringly beautiful 24-year-old woman stepped out. The father's mouth dropped open, the son's mouth dropped open. The father turned to the boy and said, son, go and get your mother. (laughs) Thank you for laughing. I've been looking forward to that one all week. So this, this joke is about the collision of two cultures. Jesus, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 verse 33, is our example and he, chain, he charges us to be living examples of kingdom culture in this world. Yeah. Kingdom culture church, we need to decide today as we look at our vision for 2019, that we will not lightly bear the name we believe God gave us, Kingdom Culture Church. We've had people visit recently who came to see whether we really live up to the name. Now, that's that's on them, not on us. But the truth is, we mustn't ever lightly bear that name. So we're going to look at that a little bit. I'm persuaded that Scripture clearly tells me that the culture 
we carry is not a flaccid or a placid, a pardon me for living culture, but rather a living, breathing, infectious culture because it is infused with the gospel. And it is the good news of Jesus Christ. Wherever this culture, this heavenly sea touches the earth, then this culture and atmosphere that it invades should and must change. For my Bible tells me, Isaiah 9, for unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. And then it goes on and it says, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. That is culture changing. That is a culture changer. For too long, the church has celebrated the collision of a heavenly culture with the culture of this world, as if collision was the end game. We had the church telling the world it's evil and sinful, and the world telling the church it's uptight and irrelevant. See, the picture of a collision of two cultures enforces a lie that this is a battle between two equal powers, two equal kingdoms, two equal cultures. Revelation 11 verse 15 tells us it is not about collision. It's not about equal strength. Let me read this scripture to you. And there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And that is shout worthy. I tell you, that should cause something to leap in your spirit. Because Jesus is Lord, and he's Lord of lords, King of kings. That's who we serve this morning. You see, Jesus didn't die a brutal death on the cross to collide and skirmish with powers of sin and death. Neither did he die to suggest that just maybe his way was a better way. No, he neither skirmished or suggested on that day, on the cross, he simply stated his authority over sin and death, and he nailed those suckers to a tree, never to lift their ugly heads again. That is what my Bible tells me, that is what we believe. My Bible tells me that the culture of the kingdom is unashamedly, I find that really hard to say, unashamedly, unapologetic. We see this in the way Jesus lived. No physical rocks were thrown at the woman caught in adultery. But plenty were the rocks, the heavy rocks of condemnation thrown in her direction from the surrounding crowd. Jesus looked guilt and shame in the eyes that day and they slunk away back into the crowd because Jesus, his kingdom and culture of love, empowers in a person to live again and go and sin no more. He changed the culture in that area. He changed the atmosphere. He changed a woman's destiny because he turned around what was just religion into something that was relationship with the Father. And he touched and changed a woman's life forever. Jesus in the boat with his disciples faced with a deadly storm as the Prince of Peace. He spoke words of peace from the throne room of peace and a storm fell silent. For such is the power of living in the awareness of the kingdom and its culture, that weather patterns change, men's fearful hearts are stilled, and atmospheres shifting become the new norm. And I believe in 2019 we are going to see a new norm, that our culture begins to infect and move society around us, and that we will see powers of darkness that have come against bow the knee 
in the areas of sickness, in the areas of oppression, in the areas of anxiety, in the area of depression, every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus because we realize that we are part of kingdom culture, not just this church, but part of a kingdom culture that God wants to bring upon the earth. The church we have vision for in the future, the church we have vision for in the future is birthed out of the culture we create now. I'm going to say it again. Church we have vision for in the future is birthed out of the culture we create now. Kingdom Culture Church, our vision statement, our focus last year was family matters, and this year is culture creators. And I think we've got that on there. Yep. Culture creators. Culture creators. See, family, we must not live as though culture and circumstances are something that happened to us. As if we have no power, no influence, or no strength to change anything. The victory Jesus won is the victory he shares with us. The victory Jesus won is the victory he shares with us. We're called to be culture creators. You might be thinking, I don't want to create culture, I just want to reflect it. Does the Bible call you a son of God? or a reflection of the Son of God? Does a son see a need and not be moved with compassion? Well, this is how culture is created, being moved by passion to change something. And today, and in this year, I believe God is stirring us up to be moved with compassion to change something. Whatever it is that is your area of concern. You see, the world creates culture every second of every day. Do you realize that? Yes. The world creates culture every second of every day in music, in art, in movies, in philosophy, in laws, and so on. Now, I just want to have a quick look at the culture of fashion. You're all sounding very, looking very serious now. This is a Nike trainer. It is my Nike trainer. It is a Tangent black on black <laughs> Nike trainer. And Fred bought this for me for Father's Day last year, barely five months ago. Thank you, Fred. <laughs> Flash forward to February, yeah, February 2019. We were walking through Chermside, I think it was, Heather and I, the other day. This young lady walked in front of us with these massive clodhoppery trainers. If we could put a picture up like this. So I said to Heather, well, they're from the 1980s. She said, yeah, they're the latest fashion. So I was like, hang on a minute. So I went online, Rebel Sports, and my Nike Tangent are in the obsolete department. <laughs> I just caught up. So how come that is not fashion, and that is fashion? I'll tell you why. Some genius at Nike in Portland, Oregon, decided we're going to go back to the early 90s, to the era of ugly trainers, and you're all buying them. I know, and I'm sure that they are laughing into their organic decaf, almond milk, extra foam, triple venti, half-sweet, caramel macchiato in a biodegradable cup. Yeah. 
even as we speak. The culture of this world is fleeting. It's trendy and a faddish. But the culture of the kingdom, I've got good news for you this morning. The culture of the kingdom is eternal, rooted, grounded, and will never, ever pass away. So, yeah, thank you, Jesus. In February 2018, we launched our new church mission statement, Humanity, Love to Life. Anna's made an incredible banner out there. A mission statement is like a presidential election slogan and should be memorable. It should state a problem and how the problem will be addressed. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, you will never forget his election slogan, which was, Make America Great Again. Make America Great Again. It's memorable because it states the problem. America was once great. It proposes a solution. America could and should be great again. And I, Donald Trump, am the one to do it. Now... Our mission statement, Humanity Love to Life, states this problem, that there's a whole world of people out there that don't know the love of the Father and who consequently are separated from him by sin. But it also states the solution that we, the church, will love them back to life. But it's just another slogan, just another mission statement, unless we believe, like Mr. Trump, am I the one to do it? And I feel the Holy Spirit wants to say to you this morning, are you the one to do it? Will you stand up in your generation, whether you're 90 or you're four years old, will you stand up and be the one to do it? Just do it. Our vision focus each year takes us in a direction we feel the Holy Spirit is leading us into in order to fulfill our mission statement. So last year, our our focus was what? Family matters. This year, it is culture creators. Okay, over the next 15 minutes, I just want to make four points that will help keep our culture real and healthy, and I believe keep our mission before us, okay? So we're on the home straight. So number one, a family plans for its future by creating its current culture. I know that's long, but you're intelligent people, you just look. A family plans for its future by creating its current culture. See, a vision is a picture of a preferred future. What's your preferred future? You know, if you... I'll just pull one. If I want Gabby to um, learn violin and and, and to be a social person and to be able to hold a conversation and and be entertaining but also have a love for people, I better not give her an iPad 24 hours a day from the age of three. We create the culture... For our future. That went damn well. That's okay. What is your preferred future for you and your family? That's an important thing to ask this year, or every year. Heather and I do it in January. We talk about what is a word that God can give us for this year. What's the preferred future for you and your family? You need to have a preferred future because God will get you to that destination because it's given from him. Families... So we're not doing away with family matters. We're building on it. Families and church family is the basic building block of successful local church. I really do believe sincerely that the local church is pivotal to the next revival that Australia will see and the world will see. A family isn't static. It flourishes, it matures, it is outward looking and it expands. And it's in the expansion that we see change. 
What we're saying is family matters so much that the culture we've championed, that of a loving, healthy, growing family, is a culture we want everyone from Kalanga to Alimba, from Debo to Burpengary to enjoy and have access to and further afield. Let's take Brisbane. Anyway, oh, I meant to say hey to Mark Greenwood. Hey, Mark Greenwood. Pastor Mark's visiting with us, and he um, pastor at uh, Glory City Church. He's pastor at Glory City Church. You know, when... Brother and sister churches do well, we do well. This is what this message is about today, I tell you. So, what we're saying is, hey, we do family well, this is just too good to keep to ourselves. We have to be those that have an open heart. We quickly, you know, when we turn inward, we start to slow down and we become stuffy and so on. But when we have an open heart, I don't know if anyone, one of you seen the Green Book movie, I'm going to ruin it for you. No, I'm not. But in one of the scenes is that there's a family Christmas table, and they're all sitting around the family Christmas table, and one of the guys there has invited his friend, who happens to be black, this is the 1960s, to the Christmas dinner. Now, this family are in a really racist family. Anyway, so the guy turns up, black guy, and he comes through the door, and everyone's sort of singing, chatting, talking, eating, laughing, and they just freeze. And then there's this few seconds of awkwardness. And then somebody goes, guys, what are you staring at? Make some space. Get the man a chair. Come on, come in, sit down. Get the man a plate. What do you have to drink? Somebody put on some music. And in a matter of seconds, a culture of discrimination has been changed. And listen, when we close our hearts, we don't have an open table. But we are a church called to be an open table that people could come and feast at. And I want to champion that church because that is the church that you and I want to be part of because we were once lost and nobody took any notice of us and people ignored us. But I tell you, when we do that, we do people a disservice. Let's be an open church with an open table that people can come in. Let's say, pull up a chair. There's room for you. Is there room at your table? We must... Move past being in love with theories and principles and catchphrases. The theory of humanity love to life is so much more attractive and far less work than the everyday reality of living that statement. Family matters. Family matters. Humanity love to life is the cornerstone of our culture. Family matters has become part of our identity. Culture creators is all about taking the culture we are co-laboring with the Holy Spirit in to establish out from these four walls to a world looking for love and life in all the wrong places. For any church family worth living, fighting, and dying for will create a culture unique to them which will examine and should challenge the popular culture around it. But that culture can become inward-looking, self-serving, self-congratulatory, unless we open our hearts and our doors. See, our culture should not leave anyone feeling more alienated than when they were before. They should know that they're sought after because they're loved for who they are. They should feel included. We should feel included because we're valued 
And then they should be led into an encounter with Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit because it is that ultimate goal and that result. And that's what says great culture. We bring them into an encounter with the Father. We allow the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit moves upon their lives. Creating culture, living, breathing, irresistible culture is not just a good idea. It's imperative in an age of relative truth. See, great parents will never jeopardize the future well-being of their family for the satisfaction of meeting short-term goals. They will constantly, continually adjust the course their family is taking to ensure that it stays true to its values and vision. You want a mortgage? Save a deposit. Cut the coffee, watch a movie rerun, eat at home, and have the satisfaction of long-term gain for short-term pain. We live in a world that wants everything right now. We have churches that want everything right now. Jesus is looking for people that will lay down their lives for the flock, will lay down their lives for people that are dying, that will lay down their lives when no one's looking. You will see our vision focus everywhere this year. Culture creators. Just say it with me. Culture creators. creators. Thank you very much. I have it on good advice that Kimmy is getting it tattooed in hot pink on her shoulder. Now... Not point two. We need a culture strengthened by belief. Culture as a theory is just another form of religion. Like fairy floss, it's full of empty Christian calories, honestly. Culture must become belief. Otherwise, it's just words. With all due respect to Danny Silk and Culture of Honor, and it's an amazing book, and I totally... But most of us could spout it off by heart. But is it in our heart? Is it... Do people read that in us? I believe they do, but I believe it's important that we understand as, create, as culture grows that it must be read in our lives. Culture must translate into belief. Otherwise, we will cause another generation to say they don't live what they talk. They don't mean what they say. Our culture as well must be full of faith and power if we are to represent Jesus well. See, we need, we need a vision and culture mixed with the passion of belief and the fire of faith for it to be realized. Andy Stanley says, vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by a passion for what should be. Vision is a mental picture of what could be fueled by a passion for what should be. And I believe God wants to stir us up individually to passion. Passion for the lost. Passion for the dying, passion for the poor, passion for the unlovely. We better be fueled by the passion of belief for the anointing of the Holy Ghost and the love of Christ for humanity or we will quickly run out of stream. There are three questions we should ask ourselves today. Can the local church impact and change culture? Should the local church impact and change culture? And how can KCC, Kingdom Culture Church, impact and change our culture? You know, living in Australia, we forget that um, if you go to Europe, they're steeped in Christianity, Christian history. Now, not all of it turned out good, but leave that to one side because we've got a picture of the Colosseum here, um, if you put that up, in Rome. Now, this is one of the main entrances to the Colosseum where children, men and women, were martyred brutally for their faith and belief in Jesus Christ. And I tell you, where the Roman Empire once stood, look at the ruins and look at the cross. Yeah. 
You see, what, what used to be a, a symbol of the power and might of the, of the Roman Empire, where's the Roman Empire now? Gone. Where's Christianity on the rise? Because the Spirit of God is moving in the earth, and he won't be kept down, won't be put back. Communism, gone, failed in most places. Christianity on the rise, revival in Russia and China. Why? Because it cannot be held back, cannot be put down, because the culture of the kingdom is a living, breathing, life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit. Now, English churches, my brother lives in a 600-year-old um, Tudor farmhouse, you know, with the black and the white and so on. And I was there, six, 600 years old, 14th century. And I went in there, and there's this massive thick beam right the way through the house. And I went up, and I put my hand on it, and I suddenly realized I'm touching... So that beam, when it, that tree when it was cut down, was already 600 years old. So I'm touching like 1,000-year-old one, 1, tree. And in that village where my brother lives, there's a church. And what they used to do, they would build a community around the church. Just imagine one day, Morton Bay Council coming to us and say. Please come and plant a church. We love the culture, the life, the life that you bring to a region, and we will build a town around it. That is what Christianity was like. And that is what I believe God can do again in our land. Amen? So, a culture of expansion. Point three. So I went away for three days in August last year just to pray and read. And um, I just felt like God spoke to me and he said, it's going to be years of expansion. And I went, oh, great, a year of expansion, because I was thinking of years. And I sort of felt him say, no, dummy, years of expansion, years of expansion. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 15 says, for it is Christ's love that fuels our passion and motivates us because we are absolutely convinced that he has given his life for all of us. This means all died with him so that those who lived should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but live lives that are poured out for him, the one who died for us and now lives again. I don't know about you, but sometimes my heart feels so small in comparison to what God is asking us to do. But God loves compels me. That's what he was saying, that the original Greek or the original word there is compels. It pushes me forward. God's love compels me to expand, to live larger, love more freely, pour out more willingly. Who loves that song, Promised Land? I mean, amazing. You're telling us to expand. Hold out your hand. It's just just so incredible. We have to leave the old, though, in order to enter the new things that God has for us. Joshua 1.35 says, every place... God is encouraging Joshua because Moses is dead. And he's saying, now you take the children of Israel into the promised land. And they're on the edge of the promised land. And God says to him, every place the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. This should be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Have a look at your foot. Have a look at your feet. Everywhere you place your foot. Everywhere you place your foot. Everywhere you place your foot this year. Everywhere you place your foot this year. Everywhere you place his foot. Then you have to kill one of the enemies and shove him out of the way. Everywhere. See, he could have just gone, okay, march in, I'll clear the enemies out. But actually what he said was, you come in, you place your foot. He has put the power in our hands in that sense. 
what are you facing? What have you faced last year that you're, you're dragging into this year? He's saying, place your foot, place your foot, place your foot. I'm giving it to you. That hopeless situation, that marriage that you thought was falling apart, those kids that have gone astray, that addiction, your life that might be addicted to something. Place your foot on it, place your foot on it, place your foot on it, and you will see freedom that you've never known because this is your promised land. You are our promised land. Will you walk boldly? And you see, it doesn't say, when they arrived at the edge of the promised land, it didn't have neon lights. Promised land, open for business, walk on in. He said, this is your promised land. I am with you. Be brave, be courageous, take this land. Because also he said, it's a land that drinks of heaven's rain. He also said, it's a land that flows with milk and honey and all good things. He also said, I long to give you days of heaven on earth. And I want to tell you, I want more days of heaven on earth. Amen. And I know it's not just feeling, that was really lukewarm. I want more days of heaven on earth because it's not just a feeling, but it is true that we can get lost in the day to day, not realizing that it's a day of heaven on earth. See, this is the heart we need. Nothing will hold us back from taking what God is offering us. Expansion starts on the inside, but it affects the atmosphere around us. Just what exactly are you saying when you ask, when you say, more Lord, more Lord? See, we can't wait till we feel big enough, strong enough, peaceful enough, brave enough, studied up enough, before we step out into what God has for us. A huge part of our expansion this year is people standing up and stepping up into leadership. And, you know, we've seen people like Dan and Sarah Allen, and, you know, they're just an amazing couple, and I can't commend them enough to you. They've served in other churches, and they've got such pastor's heart, and they're going to love to see the family a section of this church grow families with young kids. And, you know, that is something to shout about. We've got Sandra Hunt stepping up into uh, directing the Kingdom Kids. We've got Jeremiah taking on as well, saying, you know what, I want a challenge, and he's, he's going for it in God. And I want to tell you something. These are things when we start sowing, for example, into our children, and we start saying, it's not about us, it's about our kids and their future. It's about seeing them Grow up and go into youth. Grow up and go into young adults. Grow up and get married. Then have kids and then have... It's about having a church that our children's children want to attend. We've got so many good things planned. We've got a five-minute party which is held out the front starting next week where new people can come and meet Heather and myself and we can give them a drink and we can talk about what the church is all about. Thank you, Heather. We got a pastor called Christy Mills, who is exec pastor at um, Scott Morrison's, the Prime Minister's Church, coming to speak to us in a few weeks' time. We've got a new album coming out. Yeah. And we're going to be taking communion more regularly. Yeah. Listen, I'm finishing up. We're going to get the band up all. Thank you very much. Um, but I want to talk about something in, in closing that is so important. And that is, come Holy Spirit and breathe on us. Yes, we need, point four, a culture of oil and wine. That, this is our roots, our DNA. A culture of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I felt like the Holy Spirit just really, last year, again, I, I 
took some time out in August to pray into the new year. And I felt like God just said to me, hey, where I've planned to take KCC, what I'm asking KCC to do can't be done by staying where you are. It reminded me of this Irish, well, I don't know it's a joke, but anyway, this guy, he's driving, he's a foreigner driving through Ireland, and he winds, he's totally lost, he wants to go to Dublin, winds down his window, and he sees this Irish farmer, and he goes, um, hey, mate, can you tell me the way to Dublin? And the, the Irish farmer just scratches his head, and he goes, ah, you can't get there from here. And sometimes, thank you for laughing, Heather. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. But it's a really good point because sometimes we feel like we can't get where we need to go from here. Yeah. But God is saying, step out into your promised land. I have got this for you. Amen. And I love what Fred preached last Sunday. And I believe, and I want you to really go away with this in your heart. I believe God is going to be the God of the but suddenness for our church this year. Yeah. I'm believing for 2019 and our expansion, expansion years to be littered with but suddenness because all our expansion, yeah. all our refurbishment, all the coffee shops in the world mean nothing unless we're making room for the one that it's all about. Yeah. Our culture, our heritage is Holy Ghost and power, which leads to encounter with God. Our culture and our heritage is Holy Ghost and power, which leads to encounter with God. Sometimes, sometimes we just don't realise we settle back. It's not our heart to, but we do. You know, where once we got doused in the Holy Spirit, we actually put up with, you know, a sort of a, a bit of a dab, a bit of the oil. There was this advert in England for Brill Cream, which is stuff you stick in your hair. It said, a little dab will do you. And sometimes we, have, we settle back for that. I'll just have a bit of the Holy Ghost. We need Him, exactly. Or we might, you know, we might pour the oil on our hands. You know I'm being metaphorical. We pour the oil on our hands and you know, we'll, we'll slick people up a little bit, but we don't want to be seen as fanatics, so we put our gloves on when we go to work so no one can see that our hands are oily and shiny. But do you know what happened with the high priest? He put on an under tunic, he put on a robe, he put on an ephod, a breastplate, a belt, he put on a turban, he put on a crown, and they doused him with oil from head to foot. You could not mistake that that man had had an experience with oil, and we should be a people that you cannot doubt that they've had an experience with the oil of the Holy Spirit. People should see it all over us. I believe God is looking for a head-to-toe people this morning. And God, we're ready for that. God, we're ready for that. Let's stand together this morning. Let me ask you this. Did the good Samaritan drag the beaten up man off to a cafe and give him a triple shot macchiato? Did he sign him up for Kingdom Keys or an Alpha course or shove a Kingdom Culture Jesus Loves You mug in his hand? 
You know what he did? He stopped. Number one, he stopped. Number two, he got him to safety. And number three, he used what he had at hand. He poured in the oil and the wine. He poured in the oil and the wine. We love the safety of the known, but faith will always take us into the realms of the unknown. Heather's been using a scripture recently, speaking over the church, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. That doesn't mean you don't put any effort. It it doesn't mean that. What it's saying is though, you do what you do and God comes and breathes and anoints, blesses and comes in and we allow Him. And we allow Him this morning to come and be that for us. Church, we are called to be culture creators. We are called to be those that don't hold it to themselves but take it out to the world. And this this morning as we look at 2019, we sing a worship song. I just want you to just take some time. Just take some time. Holy Spirit, come and move on us. Enable us.